Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Add WFAN to your contacts to talk New York sports with us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. So we got it back on the fan. We'll get back to your calls in just a bit. 877-337-6666. I wanted to have on Basketball Jones one last time while I'm on the overnights here. And I ran into him at the softball game that his father put together, charity softball game, uh, on Saturday. And Basketball Jones, of course, Sonny Carton, who is an expert with all things basketball. I want to have some fun. Figure we talk some Knicks a little bit. Before I get into that, though, Sonny, two things that bothered me about you from that game. Number one, I made a tremendous defensive play up the middle. Not the one that uh, FAN tweeted out. There was another one, believe it or not. I went up the middle, uh, dove for a ball, rolled over, flipped it to second base. You were running from first to second, and you were out, but they called you safe. Admit that you were out, and they took away a a highlight from me. That was a gem. Listen, I have to say, I respect the effort because you did make the play from the ground, but my foot did get in there. I was safe. I thought the funniest part is when I went to go back and look at the footage, Whoever was recording was so excited that they missed the play because they have the beginning and the end of the play. But to see the moment on whether or not I was safe, they missed it. So wait, do you see me rolling around on the ground making the play? Because I haven't even seen that footage. Yeah, no, I'll I'll make sure I uh, get it either tonight or tomorrow for you. I'll I'll tag you in it. But you can see you go down. You can see me approaching second. But in in some point in there, there's obstruction from the pitcher, and it's a mess. You can't really Ah. see it safer out. But I'm telling you, I was safe. And as we know, Ty goes to the runner. All right. And one more thing. Do you remember the play where it was a ground ball to third? You again were running from first to second. And I was going as a second baseman to cover second on the throw. And McMonagle, I think it was, airmailed one. But as I was going up to catch it, you come into second base and you start like, you did, you pulled like an A rod. You were yelling, going, ah, whatever the hell you did. That kind of distracted me a little bit, and I didn't. I was torn to leave the bag and go get the ball, or try to stay on the bag and catch the ball because I knew I needed to do that to get you out. What were you yelling and trying to distract me like a Rod for? What's wrong with you? Listen, when, whenever the charity's on the line and the family name's getting beaten down, we can't have that happen. So I just had to start <laughs> playing the mental games and start fighting back, and it ended up working. Uh, I was like, what the hell, man? Oh, God. That was fun, though. It was fun to hang out. Uh, Unfortunately, we're on different teams, but either way, it was still a great event. All right, let's get to it. How are you feeling about the Knicks here? I'm kind of torn. I mean, I'm excited, but I'm kind of torn. I'm a little disappointed Bradley Beal is already off the table here. How are you feeling about the Knicks where we sit right now looking uh, ahead at free agency? Well, the first thing I want to say is that I really strongly believe it's about the Knicks and the direction they're heading in that. I think they've gotten to where they are currently today based on smart decisions in the past three, four years made by this new leadership group. And that's not trading their young talent and picks for other players. And I don't know why all of a sudden, because they've showed that the Knicks, that they think they can win a few playoff games in a series, that they finally decide it's time to trade for a star. You got to the playoffs last year by playing team ball, and you almost beat the team that went to the finals. So I don't think the answer is to trade away depth to get a star unless you can get a guy perhaps like Bradley Beal that you mentioned. And outside of the 10 guys that I have in my mind, I don't think any of those guys are available today. And when I look back at the rest of the league, every single team that went all in this year with trades ended up losing out early or not going far in the playoffs except for the Phoenix Suns. 
You had the Hawks getting DeJounte Murray in the offseason last year. You had the Cavaliers trading for Donovan Mitchell, the Timberwolves getting Gobert, and obviously the Suns with KD. All of those teams were eliminated. So I don't know if necessarily getting a guy through a trade makes sense for the Knicks today when you can always wait till free agency like they did with Brunson, like they did with Randall, and not have to give up a major amount of assets to go bring in a player that can help you win championships. Do you think the idea, Sonny, we're talking about Sonny Carton, Basketball Jones, do you think the idea of needing, because there's this thought process in the NBA, well, you need three stars, you need three stars, you need three stars. Like for years it's been that way. Knicks get Randall, uh, excuse me, the Knicks get Brunson, they already have Randall. Is RJ that guy? No, they need one more superstar. But Miami didn't need a super, uh, a third superstar. I mean, Miami doesn't even have really a big two. I know Adebayo was playing out of his mind, but still, you look at Butler and him, and Adebayo, it's not like they had superstars to get to the finals. Do you think the Knicks need another superstar to be a legitimate contender? Personally, I do, and I, as much as I'm an optimist that R.J. Barrett and the Knicks, I believe I've watched them long enough to know that the pieces they have in-house right now are not enough. Now, that's not to say that one day Obi won't grow into a player, IQ won't go to, into a player, Grimes, etc., but I do not think that under that roof today they have what it takes to win a championship. I think, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Paul George podcast that Randall had an appearance on this week, but I think a lot of what he said was very telling about how He's comfortable with himself that he knows he plays best with other teammates that are all-star caliber. He knows he plays best. He mentioned his time in, his, his short time in New Orleans with Anthony Davis, how, how much better he felt once Brunson was, came to the Knicks. He recognizes that he is a guy who's going to work better and not having to carry the load. And I think when he showed you that he can return to that form from the 2021 season, give you 25 and 10, and which, by the way, he didn't shoot well from three this year, so that still could be improved. He's going to play better with someone alongside of him. So I think that is always on the conversation if you can bring in that third star. And I think the Knicks definitely have the, the right to be in those conversations. I'm just not sure that it's the right time yet to make that decision when, like I said, we went deep into, we, we won a playoff series and, and lost to the eventual Eastern Conference representatives. So would Zion, and I loved, I, I did, uh, I am familiar with what Randall said on that podcast, not that I would listen to the podcast, but I heard the clip notes and, and all that stuff. And I fell in love with Randall again after watching, or after listening to that, and thinking to myself, you know what, forget it. Because I, you, you, you waffle sometimes with Randall. You love him, you hate him, there's this love, and, ah, he's the guy, he's not going to be the guy. I'm in on Julius Randall. I, I, I know what he is as a player. I'm all in on him because he wants to be here. So I think you make him a part of the solution here moving forward. But then does that mean that you trade R.J. Barrett? Are you looking to trade for Zion Williamson? Is that even possible? What Before we get to the free agents, which I really want to do, what about potentially trading for Zion? And who would it be if not trading Julius Randle? I mean, listen, when Zion's on the court, it's hard to argue against what the player is when he actually plays. He's one of the best players I've ever seen coming out of college in terms of stepping on the floor and immediately having an impact at the NBA level. But when you look at a guy who played 61 games in his second season after 24 games in his first season, then missed the entire 2021 season with an injury, and then only plays 29 games last year, it's impossible for me to make that trade for Zion as we stand today. I love Zion as a player. I really do, like I say, when he's on the court, it's great. But I don't understand how anyone in their right mind could trade for Zion with that injury history. To me, it's not a situation like Embiid or, or a Ben Simmons or a Blake Griffin, if you remember back then, where they missed the first season and they come right back. This is not going to be his fifth season, and he's never even played enough games that to meet the now 65-game qualifier that would earn him All-NBA status. So I don't see how they can make that trade. And if they did, as you said, it would have to involve one of Julius Randle and or R.J. Barrett with the way that this new apron is looking at it's going to play out. Yeah, I would not do it either. I'm with you. And I, I know the appeal of Zion, star power, even though I don't love R.J. Barrett as a player, even though I don't love Julius Randle. And again, after the podcast comments, I do want to go all in on him and believe he could be the guy. But you know, there are obviously inconsistencies to his game sometimes that could drive you nuts. I would not trade either of those two guys for Zion, so I'm with you there. All right, so then the question becomes Sonny. We're talking about Sonny Carton, Basketball Jones here. The question becomes, how can this team improve? What are we looking at, list of free agents that are realistic for the Knicks to be able to add? Well, I think the first thing worth mentioning is what they're going to end up doing with uh, the Evan Fournier and Derrick Rose players that they didn't really utilize, as you know, down the stretch of the regular season, and especially into the playoffs. 
But assuming that both of those are not on the roster going forward, they should have a little bit of breathing room under the luxury tax, meaning that they could use the non-taxpayer exception, which they, they get $12 million if they do fall under that first tax level. So I could see them looking for a few players that could fit that. I mean, obviously, Josh Hart is coming back. He has a player option, which he's most likely going to opt out of. Uh, but that's a different scenario because they have his bird rights, which essentially just means that they can keep him and offer him any deal that doesn't go against the cap. So that's going to be interesting if they're going to bring Hart back, which I assume they will because it seemed like Thibodeau really liked him going forward. But I think, like I said, it's all going to depend on how they use that Derrick Rose contract because if they pick up the team option, then that contract can then become an expiring because it's a one-year deal, and it could be used as filler in a trade. So if they're looking to trade out Fournier and Rose, that could be a potential angle to improve the roster by just getting one roster spot. Or you could go out and try to get a guy like Seth Curry, who could be looking to have a one- or two-year type prove-it deal that could also fall into that taxpayer level. I think a few of those options, like even Chenzo, that have been floating around too. But to me, I see this as another year where they're not going to try to do too much to change the core of this team. I really don't see it. I see them trying to make small additions that, like you said, just marginally improve the roster. Can they get Porzingis? Because I kind of got excited about that, thinking he's a good fit, a big who could stretch the floor, shoot, obviously. You know, plus there's, you know, he was a Nick, drafted by the Knicks. Any way Porzingis could get uh, with the Knicks or no? I mean, theoretically, he could come back to the Knicks. There are ways that it could happen, but I, I would be shocked if they tried to do a reunion. I know people have been floating it around the way New York is. We hate someone so much when he's wearing our colors if he's not playing well, but as soon as he goes to another team, it's fine if he has one good game every seven nights because he's not no longer in New York. I, I do not see him going for Porzingis, mostly because of how much they'd have to move to make it happen. But theoretically, with once, once again, including one of the main guys who he wouldn't be willing to give up, you could make a Porzingis trade work, but but I don't see that happening. To me, he just fits. I, I, you're exactly right. When they're here, it's like, ah, oh, this guy's not good enough. And then when they're not here, it's like, hey, remember him? We could really use him. He just fits because he's a big who could stretch the floor. I mean, uh, look, I like Mitchell Robinson for what he is, but he's got zero offensive game. And the Knicks as a whole, even Josh Hart, like I like Josh Hart too. He can't shoot. He's not a good enough scorer. So I like the option of um, Seth Curry if, if it's realistic because he's a guy who could shoot. But is that what we're looking at? I mean, that's it. Evan Fournier was supposed to be that guy. He wasn't. I, I don't know if they could just run it back. I'm okay with the core of this team remaining intact. They need to add some shooting. I agree. And it's going to be up to the Knicks what direction they want to go. And I think the biggest thing to me when I look at this team is Obi Toppin. And this is something I've heard you talk about, I've heard many people talk about, but when you draft Obi Toppin, the kid deserves to play 30 minutes a game at this point. That's just what it is. He's shown now down the stretch of games when he was able to start, he can get you 30 points a game in the league. Not everyone can do that. He deserves to play, and if he's not playing, and if IQ's not playing the amount of minutes that they deserve to be playing, then it's time to trade them for the star. And that's something I've been very firm on, that you can't play at both sides. If you're going to trust the kids and you're going to try to build from in-house and selecting your own draft picks, you have to let them play. And if not, I'm 100% with you, Sal. You can't just add a guy like Seth Curry. You have to put two guys together or three guys together that, you know what, it's going to suck to give up, especially if they end up having great 10-year NBA careers. But if that's what it takes to get a guy who's going to help you win and help you move out of the second round, which we got us so excited for winning one playoff series. Mm. And like you said... We need to do something more than just adding a Seth Curry. It's just, to me, whether or not right now is the right time to go all in on the chips when, who knows, a year or two from now, there could be a better option on the table. The last thing I want is to be a team like the Hawks, who give up four first-round picks for DeJounte Murray, and then two days later, Kevin Durant requests a trade. That's the last thing I want to happen to the Knicks. Right, so you're basically saying that you're not opposed to making a trade like that, which, by the way, you know, you'd have to think about it because the, that's how teams become good teams by drafting and developing where maybe Grimes does become more of an impact player. IQ, same thing where, you know, you could argue should have been sixth man of the year last year. I know he's terrible in the postseason, but he's an impact player. Obi Toppin has the potential to be an impact player, but if you don't believe in him or you want to go get that star right now, then you're going to have to move him. That star's not there is what you're saying, right? There is no, hey, go get this guy. I agree, yeah. I mean, obviously Zion could fit under that with what's going on in New Orleans. No need to elaborate any further, but he could be looking out. But like I said, I don't think he has the durability to, at this point, consider him a franchise-type target that you would bring in through trade. If this was through a free agency, I'd feel completely different because, like I said, you wouldn't have to be giving up assets to go bring him in. 
But of all players in the league, I would fear most about bringing a guy like Zion, who has never shown me he can stay on the court, to bring it in as a trade. All right, Basketball Jones. Hey, um, look, I'd be more into the draft, but the Knicks don't have a pick. I mean, uh, I get it. Uh, it doesn't really, even if they did have a first-round pick, you know, you, 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 they're still beyond that to where they need more. Obviously, it wouldn't be a top pick this year. You into the NBA draft? Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm not the biggest college scouter. So outside of the top 15, 20 guys, I probably haven't seen much more than a few highlight tapes and my, my little film research on each guy. But but I'd like to see where they fall, obviously, as it relates to the NBA, because that's my main thing. Victor Wambanyana, however you say his name, he's going to be a no doubt about it stud, or you have some reservations? Yeah, I think he'll be incredible. The one thing that I'd say to anyone listening and, and to anyone who maybe doesn't know this about Victor, but I'd be very surprised if he came into the NBA playing the center position. And I know that might sound crazy to everyone because you think this guy's nine feet tall, but he's kind of made it clear through interviews. And if you follow his career out Europe, he doesn't really play center. He kind of plays more of that perimeter stretch for role. And I think in today's NBA, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It might not be a bad thing to have him have to be matched up against these guys that are physically at this point much bigger than him. And I think people are going to be surprised when he spends a lot of his time out on the perimeter, catching the ball in motion on pick and rolls, that type of stuff, opposed to being in the paint. So I think he'll, he'll succeed right away, and I think uh, I think the expectations on him are way too crazy, considering that he's just a kid, and, and it's unfair to say that if he doesn't match Kevin Durant or excuse me, Hakeem Olajuwon, then his career is a failure. But but I do think he'll succeed right away. You know, I'm already surprised by that because I don't know nothing about him other than he's tall and everybody's like, oh, he's going to be a stud. You're telling me this guy's an outside shooter? He's that tall and he's not even playing with his back to the rim? Come on now. Down in the post, what are we doing here? <laughs> He has the ability to, and don't, uh, let me be clear, he did not shoot the best percentages overseas from the perimeter. But based off the game, based on the style of play, I, I do see him being used in a more of a hybrid type role instead of being back to the basket. Uh, I mean, I, I, I know I have to evolve. I just, to me, that's ass backwards. You got a big man, get him close to the basket. Don't put him away from the, I, I get it. We, you need stretch bigs now, uh, guys that could shoot and stretch the floor. Nick certainly could use one. But my goodness, if you're tall, you would think you play down by the rim. Feed the beast in the post like they used to do with the big fella, Patrick Ewing or Olajuwon, the guy that you mentioned. They could shoot a little bit, but it wasn't like they're playing on the perimeter. My goodness. Yeah, All right, I basketball, think Jones. Yeah, good. I uh, know. I was just going to say two things. I think the first thing, that the, the main thing is Victor is that he's so tall that like he doesn't really have to be – like he can shoot over anyone wherever he is. Hmm. So I think that's the first thing. And the second thing is – Around the rim, he's dominant. Like I've seen, I don't know if you saw the viral clip that went around. He missed a three-point shot and windmill dunked his own rebound. Like he can do things you've never seen before. So I definitely think it will stretch the imagination of what the Spurs will be able to do with him. But but thank you so much for having me on, as always. Yeah, and he'll be entertaining to watch at the very least. Uh, hey, no problem. My pleasure, basketball Jones. Just make sure next time we play a softball game. He is, stop with the noises running around, uh, running around the bases. All right, to distract me and stop uh, cheating with the umpires too, getting them to, to get the calls going your way. <laughs> Let's just make sure we're on the same team next time. Yeah, hey, you know what? That's a deal. Uh, sign me up for that one. He is Sonny Carton, uh, basketball Jones, of course, basketball expert. Fun to get some insight from him. And, you know, think about what the Knicks could do here in free agency. Unfortunately, may not be that big, sexy move out there. Zion seems to be the name that keeps coming up. I wouldn't want him. I'm not making a deal uh, for Zion. I'm with Sonny on that one where I just don't think it's worth the risk. The guy can't play. He's out of shape. He's lazy. Think about it. You're going to trade Julius Randle for Zion Williamson? Julius Randle, who's the complete opposite of Zion, where he works his rear end off, gets himself on the court, uh, you know, is... Look, he had a down year, you know, not this past season, but two years ago, sure. But he was an all-star two out of the last three years. He's been basically consistent each of those years. So, I mean, I, I, there's no way you could justify making that trade for Zion Williamson. As tempting or as sexy as that may be, it's not the right move for the Knicks. Speak your mind at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six is the number to call. Going to five a.m. The warm up show with Alan Jerry. I, I got to be honest with you. It has been, you know, two words that I was using all day yesterday that I've used before in life, but they've never meant more to me than yesterday. Would be overwhelming 
and surreal. Like a lot of times like, oh yeah, it was overwhelming. Oh, I'm overwhelmed. I was actually overwhelmed yesterday with all the people reaching out and, you know, texting congratulations or emailing or tweeting. It was overwhelming. Uh, it was, you know, it, 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 it really is touching, honestly. And I, some people that I've never talked to before ever or, or never texted with before. A couple of good ones in there. Never texted. Hey, Sal, blah, blah, blah. I'm what the, what? How'd you get my number? Oh my God. I love you. So it was overwhelming. And surreal where it's like oh yeah that was surreal and you know obviously i think people use it properly but i I just still can't even fathom even as i say it that this is actually happening you know me moving from the overnights to the midday show it was just a surreal day it's something you dream about for a very long time it's not just the 20 years that i've been in the business for but going back to when i was a listener or caller dating back to 1995 or so around there so it's surreal to even think that this is going to happen. And until it actually does in a few weeks, uh, I guess it won't feel real. And even then, who knows? But anyway, I, I can't be um, more thankful for all the positive words and, and messages and, and everything from everybody. Uh, it's been uh, overwhelming and surreal. Jack is calling from the Upper West Side. What's up, Jack? Hey, Sal. Um, you know, um, I first want to say that it's great to hear Sonny you know, really developing a mature voice as a commentator. I remember the first time he was uh, zinging his dad and keeping his dad honest, you know, uh, barely sitting in the chair, and it's uh, he's, he's doing a good job. So um, glad to hear him on your show. Yeah, um, he's such a good kid, too. Him and I have developed – I don't even remember how it started, honestly, but we've developed a, a little bit of a friendship here, and I like having him on, on the air. I think he's good, and he's got great info, so it's fun to have him on every once in a while. I think he, you're right. I think he has grown on the air. Yeah, he's a natural talent, so um, uh, good for him. Um, but, you know, I, I'm over, I, too, am overwhelmed listening to the tributes. I mean, Mickey almost broke my heart. And um, Chris and Nicole and Val, I, I just felt like I, I didn't know how to follow all that. But I remembered one of the first times I called you, and it was because you, you, you know, you used to, when you, you know, you, you used to tell these stories about your, your childhood and going, you know, being not wanting to go to pool parties and teachers who didn't didn't be, treat you right. And I remember calling you to say how your openness and honesty about overcoming those experiences. Was I, I really had to believe it was really empowering for your audience, and that's what I'm hearing in these calls is that you have all these people feel a personal re- relationship with you, and that you've empowered them to uh, get through tough times in their life, and you know work towards other things, and our very special friends who's been working towards some things, um, and I just um, you know it, it, I'm so pleased for you and your family, um, and I'm I'm just. You know, I think I told you this, and I'm 63, so I could say this. I, I told you this a long time ago. I'm proud of you for the person you've become, how you, quote, unquote, you know, want to evolve. And, um, you know, uh, I feel as though you deserve a big, hey, look at me now moment. Um, so uh, congratulations, Sal. Well, thank you. I, I got to be honest with you, uh, Jack. There was a time in my life where I wanted the, hey, look at me now, and uh, to certain You're beyond people, it now. you know, but, but to certain people, maybe I still, feel, you know, maybe ex-girlfriends or people that doubted me along the way. And there have been a lot of them. It's the, Hey, look at me now. But honestly, I don't want anybody to look at me now. I just want to do what I love to do. And that's doing these talk shows and, and having fun doing it. I don't want the attention. I don't care about it. I'm not trying to get attention. I'm not trying to prove anything anymore. Um, you know, you're always trying to prove yourself in a certain extent, but I've proven to my toughest critic that mm-hmm. I can do this. And that's myself. And I think that you think for a while you can do it. I always thought I could do it. And then you start to do it. And it's like, oh, my God, I didn't realize it was this difficult. And you get to some point where you start to have some success. And then you know you could do it. And once I won myself over, that to me was was the – nobody's going to be a harsher critic of me than me. And once I started to really have true confidence – Nothing else matters. So I appreciate that, but I don't need the look at me now moment. I'm proud. Right. Don't get me wrong. Sure. I'm very, very proud of the accomplishment, but I'm just having fun doing something that I love to do that I've always felt like 
uh, I belonged doing. Yeah, you, there's nothing better than that. You, that you, that's a tremendous point you make, and I think that's a sign of true success. And and I think you said it well. And I do have a quick midpoint, very brief. But I but you sure. think you said it well when you said that every show I do is prime time. And and I think that is a that is a that is a road to success is treating every moment that you have as an opportunity to do to deliver and do your best. And and, and you've done that. And so keep doing it. Very 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 short midpoint. Um, you know, obviously, I agree with all the things you've been saying all week, and and yet for us diehards, we have no choice but to hang on uh, on the thread. And I just feel that, you know, at some point, somebody has to surprise us and do what we don't expect from them. And you know, to me, tomorrow, you know, tomorrow it's, it's Tyler McGill. We don't expect him to outpitch Christian Javier and pick the team up so they can win a series and 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 do something that has any significance. Um, but you cannot you cannot have a successful season without some people stepping up and doing what you don't expect. Um, there there are other players who you 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 you, you do expect things from, but Tyler's got to be the guy tomorrow. And I you know I'm going to be watching, so um, I got no choice. But good luck, Sal, and, and I'm glad I got a chance to share the long. Thank you, Jack. And I appreciate checking in. You've always been a loyal listener and caller, so great to hear from you. I appreciate that. Look, I I don't trust Tyler McGill. I don't trust anybody in the Mets. The biggest problem the Mets are going to have, and I'm, I'm telling you this, as you know, we love to talk baseball on this show more than anything else. I will ride the baseball as far as we can. Last year, we did it even into the football season. I, I mean, baseball really, the, the baseball talk goes all year round in this town with the Mets and the Yankees. It's what drives the sports talk on the station. However, the Mets are getting to a point where they're becoming irrelevant. And that is the worst thing that you can possibly be. They may get upset that we are overly critical sometimes or ripping the team, whatever. You think that's bad? Wait till we stop talking about you. And that's not too far off. Especially once the trade deadline comes and goes and they're out of the wild card race, they either sold off some pieces or added insignificant pieces or didn't do anything. That's it. We're going to focus on the Yankees. We'll be focused on Aaron Rodgers, Daniel Jones. Uh, you know, looking forward to all that because we can't keep saying the same damn thing about the same crappy team over and over again. It just it can't do it. There's no point. We already know what's going to happen. I told you this after the Scherzer win. You know, the big Scherzer performance on Monday night, 11-1, they need to make that stick. They didn't, and here we are again. I'm not buying in. The idea that the Mets once, once this year have won consecutive games with Scherzer and Furlander starting is a total failure. It's a total failure. They're done. Don is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Don? Hey, Sal, uh, congratulations. Um, Thank you, Don. Thank you. Sal, um, you have changed uh, a lot of people's lives. You've changed my life. I now stay up until 5 o'clock in the morning. So now, <laughs> now I'll have to wake up. <laughs> no, no, no. I, it's, it's, you know, it, it's because you're entertaining. Um, you talked sports the other day. You talked about, uh, I think Fleek said he would leave his kid at the uh, stadium if he came, if he started rooting for the other team, um, and yeah, and it was just, that's comedy. That's not sports. That's comedy. And I'm so happy that you're getting to have an opportunity, uh, that you've always wanted, um, that you not only have always wanted, but that you worked hard for and that you worked, worked your butt off for you sat in your house at, in the, uh, I, what was the name of that stadium or the studio down in the basement? The insurance, the Rocket Mortgage Studio. You were oh yeah right away at, yeah right. I forgot about the, that. Reading right, those in the Rocket right <laughs> yeah during because I was doing the shows for CBS Sports Radio during the pandemic. You're right. My goodness, the Rocket Mortgage right. Studios every yeah, every hour. Every, that, but yeah. everybody was in the Rocket Mortgage. Where's that? That was a big studio, man. Um, but the, the the things that you have done and and now you'll change my, you'll change my life again, where I'll now wake up and wake up a little bit earlier to read the newspaper so that I can have coffee with you at 10 o'clock. I find you to be very, 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 very interesting. And, uh, your outbursts are not Pete Franklin-esque. Um, but your, uh, (laughs) your, the way that you deal with people who just don't deserve time um 
seems to me to be right. Um, well, well, the, thank uh, you, Don. The the other thing that I'm I I will tell you again again that you have brought a humanity, um, just like others at this time have, but to me more so with the stewards of the world and with the hectors and you know I, I'm I'm I will apologize when I don't put everybody's name down, but um, I I'm I, the only thing that I find wrong with this is starting at 7 o'clock at night and ending at 5 o'clock in the morning. It's going to be all Yankees all the time. No, no. I, I, look, I, they're, they're Yankee <laughs> Keith, fans. Keith, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you listen to Keith. Listen to Keith long enough. <laughs> no, I, I, get what you're, I get what you're saying. But here's the thing. you got to give C-Mac a chance. You, you know, you I, know love Keith still, I love uh, Keith. C-Mac. I, Keith I love, is still doing love, his thing. See, I trust that they will be, I mean, I hope that they will both be unbiased in their coverage of both teams. Like, to me, it was never about being a fan of a team. It was always about telling it how it is about those teams. So that, to me, is the right way to do it. And, you know, I, I believe that those guys will do that, even though you know that where their fandom is, just like me. You know, I don't want people to be like, oh, well, he's a Met guy. He can't talk Yankees. Bull crap. I will talk Yankees with the biggest of the Yankee fans. I don't care who they are, how long they've been a Yankee fan. I will go toe-to-toe with any Yankee fan talking about their, quote-unquote, their team. Because I'm a talk show host, there, there, and that's what I do. There are a couple of things that I'd, I'd also like to, to... – Keep 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 in mind. First off, that Fleek is on thir- at, at three o'clock on Sunday morning, so that he he can always bring everything back into balance. And the other thing is, are you going to bring the the uh, woman in on Thursdays uh, to have fun with on football season? Well, I don't know if that's going to happen. And and Don, thank you for the call and for the kind thank words you. And, thank you. and for listening. Thank you. And thank, thank you for you. sticking with me. I, I, I really want you to – I hope all you guys can change your hours. And, and thank you, Don, for you know, listening to the midday. Or if you can't change your hours, just check it out on the free Odyssey app whenever you can. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Uh, I, I don't know that that's going to be the case anymore. We had You're talking about Taylor Mathis, who we had on last year. Hottest picks in the game during the football season. So uh, I've been in touch with Taylor. She has changed jobs a little bit. So uh, I don't think that that's going to be a, a possibility to get her on. But she's doing fine on her own. But, I mean, look, it's it's been fun trying to create something here with this slate of overnight real estate. And I'm glad that you found it, Don, entertaining because that's the goal. Want to have fun and entertain. It's sports talk. It shouldn't be that serious. Although we take our team seriously, of course, and get upset when they do bad things, which seems to be quite often, it's sports talk. John is calling from Port Jeff Station. John, what's on your mind? Hey, Sal. How are you? Good, John. How are you? Good. Uh, I just wanted to thank, I was going to touch on the Yankees first, but I want to say thank you for the last couple of months that I've switched to the overnight as far as work. Uh, made it enjoyable. Uh, the sports talk is unreal with you. Uh, hopefully, during the day, I can catch some of your shows that we're feeling that constantly, so they'll be rough. Thank but you, John. You, Appreciate it. You give, you, you're welcome. You give the people a chance to talk. You don't just listen and then say, okay, thanks for the call and just hang up. You give them that security of being able to say what they want and you reacting to it and then getting back to them in the phone call in one sense. And I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart, you know, uh, going through some rough things and being able to over the overnight after changing my hours. Uh, going to miss it. You were really uh, a really good guy. And uh, hopefully the guys who take over for you, you know, can uh, step up to the plate and uh, do the same thing. And I appreciate that very much. Thank you, John. I, I appreciate that. And, you know, C-Mac will do a fine job. Give him a chance and give him a listen, and, and he'll do fine. Definitely. Uh, on that note, getting to the Yankees, we had talked a little while ago on an overnight about um, Donaldson. Um, once again, you see his true colors. Uh, what they believe in him, I really couldn't tell you. But I think Cashman bought him because as we had talked about, he thinks he's still a Bronx farmer, and, he, and he's not. He's not spraying the ball, and he's looking to kill the ball, and I think he's trying to also make up now for people who are not in the lineup doing their job, and he's getting beat. The whole system with the Yankees right now is we have so many people that are not playing up to their game with Judge out, and even when Judge comes in, that guy can only produce so many runs. You've got to have the starting pitching. 
And, you know, they do have a good ERA coming out of the bullpen. But, you know, if they're going to have to score seven, eight runs when he's in the game to win seven to three and seven to four, and their starting pitcher doesn't get it done except for tonight, I mean, but that's going to be, you know, occasionally happen here or there. It's going to be a rough season, very rough season. How do you feel on that? Well, I think it's more, John, and thank you for the call, and I, I do appreciate the kind words. The the Yankees, to me, could they use another starter? Sure. Are they going to get Rodon back? You hope, as he made a rehab start. We talked about this earlier. He made a rehab start, the first of, I think, three or four. I forget the exact uh, amount uh, that they want him down there. But he made a rehab start, looked pretty good in doing so. So maybe it will be a reality to get Rodon back at some point soon, and that could be that starting pitcher that you want to add. Obviously, they need to get Nestor Cortez back as well. They could use another starter. But their biggest issue to me is that lineup. That's the problem. And it's not just that they're missing something. I mean, obviously they're missing Aaron Judge now, but I'm talking about in general. Like, oh yeah, just go get a left fielder and everything will be fine. That's not necessarily the case. It's the guys that they have here aren't getting the job done. Brian Cashman has made, look, Brian Cashman has made some brilliant moves over the years. Brilliant moves. Every general manager's got some good. Every general manager's got some bad. Brian Cashman has whiffed badly on what he's tried to do at shortstop the last couple of seasons and also with Josh Donaldson. That was a terrible trade. We all said it at the time. For some reason, they love Josh Donaldson. They thought they were going to get the Blue Jays version of Josh Donaldson, the A's version of Josh Donaldson. They didn't. They've gotten the worst version of Josh Donaldson possible. The youngsters have not developed. Oswaldo Cabrera was supposed to be an impactful player. Versatile guy, put him in the outfield, put him in the infield, but he's supposed to bring some energy and provide some offense. He has not done that. Energy, yes. Offense, no. Anthony Volpe. All right, here you go. Hand the shortstop over to him. Think about how Cashman has messed up with shortstop. Moving Glaber Torres to short. Bad mistake. If I said it at the time, he should have known better. I said it at the time. This is a bad mistake. They did it. Failed miserably. Trade for IKF. Immediately, you could see early on, IKF was not a shortstop. Or not a good shortstop. I'm not saying he's not a decent role player. They made him their starting shortstop when they had some of the top-tier options in the sport available via free agency. The Yankees, instead of getting a top free agent shortstop after they screwed up with Gleyber Torres, they traded for IKF. Horrific fail number two. And this year, they went with Anthony Volpe, and they bet on him. And so far, hasn't paid off. Maybe Peraza's finally the answer at some point, but those are big issues. Now, it's not as bad as Josh Donaldson has been, which is another big issue because you know, LeMayhew has struggled. That one I can't blame Cashman on because he made the great signing of LeMayhew you know, to initially bring him in. Nobody blamed him on the extension, but LeMayhew's just falling off a cliff. That's a problem. It's the players that they have here that aren't getting the job done. That's the issue. It's not just without Aaron Judge. It's that Judge. See, here's the difference. Here's what, what having Judge in the lineup does. It's not just his production that makes the Yankees look better. Aaron Judge in the lineup masks the Yankees' weaknesses. He did it a year ago. He covers up deficiencies on the team when he's out those deficiencies are exposed like the inconsistencies of Rizzo Stanton the awfulness of Donaldson it gets exposed without judge it still happens when he's there but people don't pay attention to it because judge hits a couple home runs and a few doubles and drives in five runs and the Yankees win and he's going on his chase to hit 60 home runs but when he's out, you see it front and center. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Talk New York sports with us. 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. Delicata back on the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Going on 5 a.m., the warm-up show with Al and Jerry. Taking your calls until then. Coming off a Yankees win, Garrett Cole was dominant once again. He has been as consistent, as dominant, as durable as they come. Seven and a third innings, along with just the one earned run. Eight strikeouts for Cole, handed over to Clay Holmes, who closed, uh, closed it out for the Yankees. And, you know, they, they get the two-run homer from Billy McKinney, of all people. Yankee legend Billy McKinney. Anthony Rizzo had a few hits. Yanks get a win and their four-game losing streak. The Mets, they cannot win consecutive starts yet again from Verlander and Scherzer. This time it's Verlander who doesn't get the job done. And, the look, he made one bad mistake. Now, they're going up against Framber Valdez. No shame in losing to him. I mean, the guy's been one of the best pitchers in baseball. The Astros obviously a great team. But, you know, the Mets can't afford to lose games, period. I don't care who they're playing or what pitcher they're facing. Go get a win. Figure it out. And when you have the highest payroll in baseball, it shouldn't be, oh, well, we played a better team tonight. Oh, we faced a better pitcher tonight. There's no excuses. Go out there and play. You had Justin Verlander on the mound. You're paying $43 million a year to. Go get the job done. And he didn't. He grooves a 3-0 fastball to Bregman who you know, crushed the two-run homer, and that was it. Basically, once you get once you get that home run, 3 nothing, game over. Christopher is calling from Jackson Heights. What's up, Christopher? Not much. It's actually getting to that point in which uh, the Mets are no longer like something I discuss with you know my close people and stuff like that. It's, it's already getting to that point. Even like with Max, what happened uh, the other night in which he, uh, he pitched outstanding. But I was just like, yeah, watch the next game. It's just going to be a complete disaster kind of thing, and I'm at that point, and I don't want to be. And it's and it's early in the season, but you know that's just how me as a fan of the Mets. That's that's just how I'm. I'm, well, I'm at that well, point already, you know. Yeah, well, well, yeah, I do know Christopher. Because what else are you going to say? I mean, what are you going to say? The it's the same thing. I'm exactly. on every night after these games. It is the same thing. Oh wow, there's a there's one win. They won a game. Maybe they could win a game tomorrow and make it two in a row. Most likely not, but let's see. And then they lose. Win one, lose two. Win one, lose two. It's just, it's a pattern. They don't win series anymore. They they For us to care about them and get excited again, the Mets have to reel off eight of ten. And they're not going to do it. They're not capable of it. Like It would will, it will be great. Like uh, Even you know, bringing it back to last season in which they were winning series after series after series. Yeah, it's cool Like you know, if you get a winning streak going and stuff like that. But if you were to win the series and stuff, you know, that's that's great because that means it's, what, two out of three or three out of four kind of thing. You're, you're showing progress, but this is like one step forward and two steps back, and it's great. I, I One of the, the, the reasons sometimes I watch the Mets now is because of the catcher with Alvarez. You know, uh, I see him progressing. I see where in the beginning of the season he was just swinging at everything, and now it's 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 slowly coming to like he's deciding when he's going to swing at a, at a good pitch and a bad pitch. So that's what it's come down to. Like I'm, I'm, I'm focusing now on the rookie. That's right. that's what it's come down to. All right, exactly. You're excited to see the rookie develop, and thank you for the call, Christopher. You're excited to see the rookie develop. That's it. Now I'm not saying I'm not watching yet. You know, they still have some. You know, you want to watch the stars, whether it's Alonzo, Lindor, Verlander, Scherzer, or even as bad as they've been, they're still intrigued there to see if they could ever get it turned around. But why would you believe, and I've been saying this for you know months, why would we believe at this point, based on everything that we've seen from this team, that even if they did go on a run and sneak into that third wild card, that they would do anything with it? You know, there are still people that believe, oh, because of Scherzer and Verlander, you know what could happen in the postseason, anything could happen. No, no. 
I know what could happen in the postseason. They're not good, so they're going to get beat. And in reality, they're not going to make the postseason. I still do believe, though, I was talking about this in the SNY newsroom last night. I still do believe, and this is just my deep-down gut feeling, hard to imagine right now, I still do believe they have a run in them. I don't know if it's any time soon, but I still believe they have a run in them. Sometimes all it takes is one run to get back in the thick of things. That's it. Eight of ten. And then all of a sudden you're right there. You're always one good stretch away. I think they have one in them. Will it be enough? I don't know. Stewart is calling from Brooklyn. Stewart, where have you been? You had me worried about you. You disappeared. Wait, what happened? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm all right, Sal. Like, well, with you, I never know. I don't know if that well, rage well, took mean, over and you got yourself know. in trouble. Uh, well, um, fleas will tell you. Okay. But I'm, all's good. Yeah, all's good. Sal, okay. let me say something to you. D- you don't D- want to share it with us on the air? No. Okay. Why, you no, don't want to get me in trouble? or was, uh, Let Mike talk to you. Okay. okay. I spoke with Mike. Uh, I know, so, but then, but uh, then we're leaving you. You're leaving us in the dark as an audience. I just want. I mean, is it is it something now, bad that you don't? Want? If I okay. say something, it's not going to be fun. It's not funny. It's something okay. that was said on the radio last Tuesday oh. by a certain a certain person that ticked me about, off. Okay. That was said so, about me. Okay, uh, I did not know that. It was I'll, said I'll, about me, and I did. I took it. I took it in a bad manner. But I didn't say I, it, right? No, it was had nothing to do with what you said. It was something that, okay. that, was, that was somebody else. Okay. All right. All right. I'll, I'll ask Fleas to clean it up. All right. Yeah. But I'm Fleas glad you called back. No, Sal. Oh, Sal, let's say this much. I will, I, of course I'm going to listen to you midday, and I'll try to get in. But during our middays, it's hard to get in. I know. It's a different show. Yeah. It's a different show, and you're going to be with Brandon? Right. So there's right? two people. And pe- then uh, Tiki's going to Craig's spot. Correct, yes. And, uh, oh, I'm going to miss Craig at 4, four to 6. Oh, God. So who who are you going to miss more? Well, uh, Craig, he's not going to be here. You can watch him on Fox, obviously, and, and yeah, get him I'll that watch way, him but... on Fox, yeah, but, uh, you know, on, uh, of course I listen on Saturday mornings because he does a very good show before very yes. good force. Right. Oh, am I going to miss more? Well. I'm a, of course we're going to miss you on the overnight. Are you kidding me? And as far as Nicole, Nicole, you're not going to stay away from baseball. Stop it. Stop <laughs> pretending you're going to stay away from baseball. You're a big Mets fan. What, are you serious? You can't yeah. stay away from the Mets. Are you guys? She, she, she might well, be able to try. Here's here's what happened here. I knew once I saw Nicole on the line, I knew that you would come out of your hibernation and call. So whatever angered you on Tuesday didn't anger you enough to where you're going to pass up the opportunity to call a show that Nicole called. I knew you would call in. You're not calling for me. You're calling because of Nicole. No, I was calling because I knew you were leaving. Okay. And Nicole, of course. What do you think? I'm not going to call when Nicole's there. No, no, uh, of course I know call. you. I know you ah. like a book. I know you better than you no, know you. you don't. Listen to me. When Fleegs explains it to you, then you'll get my point. Something are you happy about me. Are about you happy me. with the are you happy with the new overnight host, Chris McMonagle? See Mac? He, he Yes. Oh no! I okay. Well, I was just trying to. What I was trying to do is, is see if that was him who said something. I was trying to. I was testing. Uh-uh. You want to hear the name that said something, Jerry? Yes, Jerry Recco. Mm-hmm. Last Tuesday. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. All right, I'll figure. Uh, let's put this way. He said something about me. My name was okay. mentioned, and I heard him. And it was when you were on the morning show. Oh okay. All uh, right. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. I think I remember that now. Oh, okay. Yeah, that I, was I'll... not. Uh, I, 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 I. When everybody else rants, Omar, this, that, who Hector, whoever, nobody says something. But when my name gets mentioned, don't. 
Stuart, I got to tell you something, and I'll have a talk with Jerry. I'm working with him in a couple of weeks on the morning show. Uh, uh, I got to tell you something. When I go, when I am, you know, the other day I was out at the softball game, and a lot of people were there, you know, they listened to the show. A uh, lot of people mention you. They say, oh, Sal, I love your calls with Stuart. He's he's crazy and funny and, and all that stuff. You know, yeah, you're very popular. Let me, can I say something to you? Don't, yeah. don't do that, Jerry. Jerry. Uh, 15 years ago, Mike refreshed my memory. I thought somebody, I was trying to get on with Boomer and Carton, talk to Boomer and Carton, and somebody got on the phone with me and was very rude and not very pleasant. And they hung up on me. Who could that And I thought it was Jerry, but Mike cleared it up and said it was Al. Yeah, I wonder who that could be. It probably, yeah, it probably was Al. Yeah, well, and I thought it was Jerry. Okay. when he said something about me last week, well, you, you thought it was Jerry because Jerry that. because Jerry can be rude sometimes. I know what you're saying. Well, guess what? You don't be rude on the radio. <laughs> you don't be rude. Do you hear? Let me ask you: Have I ever been rude to anybody? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there have been some people, Stuart, that you've probably been rude with along the way. Now, not on the radio. When it comes to talking on the radio, I I mind my p's and q's. You think you've been rude to your neighbors at all? You know, you're upstairs. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, You know why? I have very good reason. Last Tuesday, I got woken up 11.45 in the morning on a Tuesday night, and on Wednesday I go to the gym at 2.45, and I couldn't get back to sleep for two hours. Yeah, that's a problem. I didn't get get much sleep. (laughs) Stuart, make sure you get back to us. I got tomorrow night, and thank you for the call. We got to get to an update here. You get back to us. I'm glad to hear from you. Glad to hear everything's okay. I'll straighten it out with Jerry and see what exactly was said that that upset you. Uh, But anyway, get back to us. We're back on tomorrow on the overnight and then the three shows next week before we move uh, to the daytime. So I'll make sure I want to hear from you, Stuart, all right? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.